fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. It is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. Yes, today is the Samsung event. We're expecting folded phones. I'm not going to talk about it. I'll talk about tomorrow after the event is officially over. Today, though, I have enough to talk about without having to fill it with things like, hey, let's speculate on the thing that's happening today. I don't like doing that unless there's like something, a compelling reason to talk about it. But here's something that's interesting and concerning. So Ford has an all-electric pickup truck. I would argue they have the best all-electric pickup truck right now. The Rivian is very compelling, but it's not a full-size pickup truck. And also starts way higher than the Lightning. GM has an electric Hummer that is also has a pickup truck version, but um, that starts at six digits. That's not feasible for anyone that re- that really would want to go ahead and get something like that. That's the thing with a lot of electric vehicles right now is that there are a lot, but almost all of them are either a incredibly expensive to the point of being a luxury item or B terrible compromising vehicles that when you first see them in the street, you have to do a double take and go, my God, that is the fugliest thing I ever saw in my life. I saw one of the BMW all electric vehicles yesterday while I was out in the road filling in at work that thing looked like it could seat only two adults and then the three kids in the back would be so squished they would fight the whole fight the the whole whatever trip it is it was like why was there even a back seat and then the cargo space please it had enough for like two or three grocery bags four or five if there was actually space in the front trunk assuming there was a front trunk the thing was so stubby and short, though. It didn't look like a normal vehicle. It stood out like a sore thumb. It was just you. I don't even know how much it costs. But considering the fact it has BMW written on it, I'm willing to bet it starts at 80 grand. That is going to be the biggest problem for electric car adoption is the price. As much as I'd love to grab something like a Ford F-150 or an E-Transit or even a Mach-E and go full electric for myself, I can't afford it. And it's going to be a while before I can afford it. And it's going to be even longer because, well, Ford actually did stop taking orders for the F-150 Lightning, but they have started again. However, the price has gone up by $7,000 across all trim levels, including the baseline one. Ford is citing significant material, material cost increases and other factors. It doesn't take a genius to figure out why. It's cause the electric vehicles are so popular, so Ford is trying to gouge us. I mean, that could be a factor, but once again, I just want to point out this crazy thing called the chip shortage. It's still a thing. The chips that are out there are more expensive because there's far fewer of them. In addition, everyone is trying to build electric vehicles. This means the supply of lithium and other metals used to create those batteries are in short supply. Many of the other components that would go ahead and go into electric vehicles 
again, in short supply. You're now going from an electric vehicle market that was a luxury or niche product. And now that it's try now that you have companies like Ford who do have the capability to mass produce these vehicles far better than Tesla could ever dream of, you're now seeing the strain on the supply chain. And don't get, don't misunderstand me. It's not just Ford, obviously. It's Ford plus GM plus BMW plus Mercedes. And if you think that it's just the regular car manufacturers, oh, no, 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 no. I remind you, remember how we were talking about how International Navistar has two different flavors of electric truck out there, the International MV, as well as the International E-Bus. Those suckers are going to take a ton of batteries because you've got 13 tons of truck to move. Yeah, it's a big factor. It's no longer just Tesla and like a couple dozen of BMW or Mercedes making the super high-end luxury electric cars that only the super rich can afford. When you're trying to go ahead and get these many vehicles out to the masses, especially during a time when, although some people want to jump up and cheer the fact that gas has gone down, at least in my neck of the woods, all the way down to $3.50. It doesn't change the fact that that's still crazy high compared to what we were paying we were paying by comparison two dollars and 15 cents per gallon we are still over 50 percent higher than where we were not all that long ago in fact roughly two years ago just saying try and cheer all you want but between poor policy decisions and a war in ukraine Gas prices are way up. Diesel prices are way up. The cost of everything is way up. And electric vehicles are way more attractive, which is in turn making their demand way up. And of course, with that, makes supplies that go into them very, very scarce. Now, with that said about the F-150, there is a YouTube channel called TFL, Fast Lane Trucking. Or wait, what is it? TFL. Is TFL just the fast lane? Anyway, they took their lightning all the way up to the farthest north, the farthest northern re- place you can get to in North America, Dead Horse, Alaska. Their discoveries with loading up an electric vehicle and also just how much very minor things like just your speed greatly extend the range of the battery so the thing is is that like on a gasoline car it varies from vehicle to vehicle but for the most part around 65 miles an hour is when the car is the most fuel efficient where its mpg will be the best assuming it can keep that speed constantly diesel trucks of course it varies from truck to truck but the common thing i've heard from truckers is 62 miles an hour in a diesel semi is the most efficient the electric vehicle getting up to those speeds is not its most efficient 
miles per kilowatt, I think is the actual term. Or is it kilowatts per mile? Pretty sure it's miles per kilowatt. Their speed from what they found, and granted, this is with them with a pop-top camper and off-road tires because they were, you know, going through mud roads. They were finding 35 miles an hour, which is kind of putting an interesting, and granted, this is just one example. As more and more electric vehicles are found out there and more and more tests are done, this actually puts electric vehicles in a very interesting spot because gasoline and fossil fuel vehicles and internal combustion engine vehicles are absolute kings at long haul driving, but city driving, starting and stopping, is absolutely where the electric vehicle excels. And in fact, actually going highway speeds is nowhere near as good for the electric vehicle range-wise as one would think. But of course, this is just one little observation, and it's one that I'm very curious about as we start moving more and more towards this, what seems to be like an inevitable transition to everything being electric vehicles rather than one where both electric vehicles live side by side along with internal combustion engines. Like, you would have thought that phase would have hit. Like, electric vehicles would just want to coexist along with internal combustion engines. But no, we are just trying to replace them all and just not even caring if they're just radically not good in certain circumstances. Interesting. But yeah, chip shortages and whatnot cited as the reason the Ford F-150 will be much more expensive. Now, that being said, you'd think that good news is on the way as a $280 billion Chips and Science Act was signed by the Biden administration, which includes a $52 billion semiconductor subsidies to help fund more foundries here in the U.S. All right, you want my thoughts? I think this is an incredibly stupid decision. I know. You're a bit surprised. Mr. Preaching again and again and again, be careful, there's a chip shortage out there, is condemning a bill, or now a law, that would help promote more chip foundries. Why? What is the reason? I can give my reason. The foundry's already being built. Throwing more money at these foundries that are already in the middle of being built is not going to have them being built faster. It's just not. It may, in fact, cause new foundries to be built. That is true. And maybe that will actually help. Maybe it will. But I have to look at it from all angles. Right now, economically, we have several problems. First off, the economy currently is in a recession. Like, it officially is. Various outlets in the administration can lie to themselves all they want, but it doesn't change the fact that you've had two consecutive quarters of negative growth. That is a recession. That has always been a recession. You can lie to yourself all you want, but that's what has come as a recession ever since we called the last recession. With that said, you also have record high inflation. Inflation is when you have too much money chasing 
after too few goods. This makes the price of all the goods go up. By having another massive chunk of, of money just being injected straight into a sector like this with no materials to go ahead and build said foundries, because that's the one thing that's, halt, that's slowing down a lot of the building. There's not enough equipment to go ahead and build the foundry. So now you have just done a $280 billion subsidy and investment into this sector that already doesn't have enough goods to even do what they want to do. This is going to cause inflation to get even worse. And it's not going to hasten anything because, of course, the fact that the equipment there to build foundries is still having a shortage, this doesn't change that. Sorry, it doesn't. In the end, all we can do right now is wait. Chucking more money at the problem won't help. And for the reasons I just cited, will in fact make everything else that much worse. But you know what? Of course, we just had to throw something at the problem in some insane hope that it's going to help, right? Right? We, we, we need that, that win? We, 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 need, we need something to put on there before the, the midterm elections? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not helping. It still isn't. Speaking of not helping, the crypto lender Hodlnot is doing what most other crypto outlets are doing and freezing all withdrawals, deposits, and token swaps. Basically halting all actions because crypto is definitely the future and not a problem that is spiraling hilariously out of control at all. No, crypto's fine. Crypto's fine. Anyway, how long until uh, HODLNOT becomes the next totally not a crypto bank to go bankrupt? I'm just saying. I have about as much faith in this outlet staying up as I do in, well, pretty much cryptocurrency as a whole right now. As for whatever reason, crypto just continues to want to show off just how much it can fleece everyone into believing it's worth something while not proving that it's actually worth anything at all. Well, in the end, all I can do is continue to shake my head, to shake my head in complete and utter dis belief. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.